Happy Sunday. Yes, it is. It's as always on a Sunday. I'm so excited, Denbo. You know why I'm excited? Why? Because we're having a wonderful winter. It's freezing cold. We have <laughs> snow. You know what I love? What? I love putting on my boots and like going outside and crunching around in the snow. Yeah, there is something special about that crunch, crunch, crunch when you walk in the snow and it's kind of packing it down and yeah, something about the sound is kind of magical. And it also makes me think of all the fun things there are to do outside in the winter. Yeah, there are. I mean, you just have to dress warm and get out in it. Yeah, well, you know what the Norwegians say. There's What's that? No such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe that very firmly. I was thinking um, we've passed a couple of ponds in the last week or two. Yeah. And we saw a gentleman out with a shovel shoveling off a pond in Farmington. And it just reminded me of when we were kids how... Almost every major neighborhood had some type of a park where the you know it was flooded over into a huge circle. For some reason, it seemed like there was a water source in the middle, and then it had like a wooden shaped um, structure over it. You know what I mean? Which I think was the nozzle. I think that's where the water came from. And then the guys would go out, the city workers would go out and they would do a big circle. Oh. Every rink was this pretty much the same with so this, this thing is... in the middle. Okay. And I just remember like we went to Tecumseh Park, which was, you know, a couple blocks from our house, but we would also go to a park on Moores River Drive or we'd go to a park, you know, somewhere on the north, just on the north side of downtown Lansing. And all the parks were pretty much the same with this circular thing, but then this, this pole thing. It's not even a pole. It was like a structure. Like it looked like a box that was shaped kind of like you know how a, how an obelisk is shaped. Yes, shaped like that in the middle. Interesting. And I've never maybe seen about, anything like that. Yeah, maybe about thirty six or forty inches high. And of course. If you wanted to take a rest from skating, you went to that center and then you kind of just hung out at that pole or that was oh. kind of like the safe So this place. would be for figure skating? Well, for just ice skating in general, like kids would play hockey or whatever. Like I remember my brother was older than me, much older than me. And I remember I, sometimes I was the one who ice skated in the family. I started taking ice skating lessons at Michigan State when I was three. And nobody should be impressed by that because I'm not that great of an ice skater. But I did take figure skating for years. And I took it all the way through seventh grade and I enjoyed it. Um, but I remember going with him when when his friends would go play hockey and he could drive. And so then I would go and just do my little figure skating or whatever. But that outdoor skating is something that I enjoy so much. I just now when I see people doing it, I'm just like jealous, you know. Because I just enjoyed it so much as a kid. And sledding. Yeah, well, we did uh, skating and sledding, too. Although we were in the country, we didn't have a artificial rink built for most of the places we lived. And uh, we had a sledding hill right next to our house in West Branch. And we had a pond at the bottom of the hill that was just basically runoff, would freeze, if if we were lucky. And so most winters, though, we had ice that we could play hockey on. And there was a place um, east of West Branch where we used to be able to go play hockey. Somewhere to the west of West Branch, there was also a small pond. 
I think it was connected to that stream that ran into the uh, um, mill pond. And you've heard that story before, I think. So it was, uh, you know, a regular event for kids to go play hockey, a lot of figure skating. And as I got older and discovered that girls like to go ice skating, of course, I was big <laughs> into it then. And it was a it was a fun date, you know, and oh, yeah. uh, living in Midland eventually, that was a, a good uh, municipal park. But they had a regular rink. I mean, it was uh, outdoors. It was really cool. I think later they had a indoor rink, but I never went to that one. And, uh, of course, we used to, since we lived in skiing country, we would occasionally have a party and invite kids over to sled on our hill. And, of course, our neighbors came sort of across the lawns to come to our hill because the hill really started at the side of our house and we used to have kids come over to um our house too for sledding um but and the sled the snow hill in farmington actually was right behind our house well it kind of ends up at your family's backyard backyard yeah. yeah so everybody would come down and kind of like end up there but i used to have friends over during you know my senior year of high school but we would go up there but we barely ever went down we barely ever went down. We mostly hung out up there. You're too cool. To well, we sled. mostly were up there drinking and smoking cigarettes. Like oh, I, okay. I think we would go up to the top and we would just hang out up there. Okay. And of course the hill, and you've seen the hill over oh, the yes. years with all the kids, but yeah. that hill would be going till after midnight, you know? And then afterwards everybody would come down, you know, to my parents' house and we'd have, you know, hot chocolate or something. Or if the kids had to get home, they would just get in their cars and go home. But I just remember going up the top of that hill and never coming down on a sled. <laughs> that was the funny part about it. Yeah. Well, we had, um, there was a ski resort up there. It was called Ogemaw Hills. And it was uh, fun. It it was, I never went there while it was in operation, but we went up there for a skiing and sledding and tobogganing party once a bunch of us uh, classmates got together and we went up there for a little party and it was kind of fun. Somebody made arrangements to get us in so we could stay warm if we got cold. And uh, we had, I think, hot cider and hot cocoa and oh, that sounds so nice. It wasn't. There were no, there were no lights. So and who was... brought the alcohol to those parties? I don't remember seeing any alcohol. Oh my! God. We were having. We were like in our. You parents, and I are like night and parents, day. Our parents had to take us because we weren't old enough to even drive. So oh we must have been in like eighth or ninth grade. And, Okay, well, yeah, back in eighth and ninth grade, we had pizza parties and stuff like that too outdoors. Yeah, like, I we think, did everything. Outside I think there the might winter. have been pizza, but when we had the party at our house, I remember we tried to emulate it. We had, I think, it was hot cider, hot cocoa, and homemade popcorn. We made so much of it, we put it in grocery bags, so people could just come in and pour what they wanted. We set it up on the top of the family style freezer in our basement and since we lived on the side of a hill and the entry to the basement was very convenient to the outside you just come in and get what you want and go back out like a walkout basement it was a walkout basement yeah well you guys did something else too that i thought was fun and this kind of reminds me of we used to do winter camping when i was in girl scouts but you guys used to go out in the woods a lot when you were growing up 
you and your brothers and sisters. Yeah, you, you've probably already heard of some of those stories, but uh, one of the things that my brother Tim got us into was going out and cooking. And uh, Tim had some great recipes. He had a recipe for cooking eggs, but you had to thaw the eggs first because they froze from the house out to the woods. And um, we also had some neighbors that were up the hill from us that would come down and we had some kind of lumbering going on in the backside of this woods and they cut the sides off of logs to make them square or dimensional. And so we found all these semi-round slats and we said, you know, that looks like a log cabin. We should make a log cabin here in the woods. <laughs> so we found a spot of really dense um, hemlock trees that were sort of close enough together that we could take these scraps and nail them to the sides of trees and made a sort of log cabin. And we built, we set it up so we had a door and a sort of lean-to roof on it, you know, using branches and keep some of the snow out. And we just thought this was super cool. We could go in the middle of this little structure and make a fire. And, of course, we'd come home, I'm sure, smelling like smoke. And um, the kids came down. I think all three of my brothers... Well, wait a minute. Now, I know it was all three of my brothers. And these two boys that were brothers from up the hill and their next-door neighbor, Stefan, came down. And I don't remember what these other kids' names were because they were the twins. We use their last name a lot. Um, so we got working at this lean-to. We were doing some updating to it and getting it kind of dressed up a little bit with better snow cover. And uh, Stefan decided he was going to chop one of the trees and try to make it flat so we could make a table in there mm. or something like that. And in the process of chopping, his axe slipped and he split his knee open, split his pants. His knee was open. He was bleeding everywhere. Oh, gosh, Dennis. Oh. Yeah, it was gross. But uh, the Boy Scout in me was quickly revived. I said, okay, I'm going to take off my pullover uh, sweatshirt. And thank God it was red. Um tied it around his leg above his knee and sent my brothers home to go call his parents and let them know where to meet us. And they knew exactly where we were going to come out. And then my brother Dave helped me and we carried Stefan out, stopped every so often and loosened to see if it was still bleeding to make sure he had circulation and then tied it tight again and carried him out. And How far do you think you carried him? Well, it would have been, um, I would say, at least a quarter mile, because it was a quarter mile on this farm lane from the woods out to the road. So I would say it was a good quarter mile plus, and we had to carry him through the woods. And, um, you know, it was a cold day, so the blood was freezing. And oh my we God. got him out to the road. His mom, you know, pulled the car up and we got 
to the car just about the time she got down the road, down the hill. And um, she later told my mom that she thought I might have saved his life. And of course, my brother Dave, you know, he was helping too. And so it was pretty exciting at the time. And uh, the fun part was being able to help him and put to use some of the things that I had read in the Boy Scout handbook. Now, I was never a Boy Scout, but I had a copy of the handbook. And in particular, somehow the copy I had was bent down on a certain page about how you shouldn't touch yourself too much. What? But I read that. What? Oh, yeah, the Boy Scouts were. I keen. don't believe that's in Seri- the Boy Scouts. Serious. I'll, sometime I'll find it. It would have to be from a really old. I can't even imagine. From the 1950s. That. I, don't even wanna, I can't even believe that oh, yeah. for a minute. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I think that it was... It just sounds so shocking. What, the quote in the Boy Scout yes, book? Yes, it just sounds like too much. It's Dendo. not. It's, it's... My brother Tim remembered the story, and somewhere along the way he picked up a Boy Scout handbook of that era, and it still had it in oh, there. Oh, my gosh. Well, we'll have to check that out now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be super curious. So it was it was fun. Um, Stefan, I don't know if I ever ran into him again after that, but... No, because his parents probably said, you're not going out with those boys anymore. Surgeon boys are trouble. You're not allowed to go out with those kids Yeah, the last time you went out with them, you ended up in the hospital. Well, yeah, with practically cut your leg off. Oh, my God. You know what I was thinking? You skied in high school, too, didn't you? Because I didn't start skiing until I was in college. But um, were you on the ski team? No, no. I did this the hard way. My skiing was skis that I got for Christmas. And I'd go up to the top of the hill, and we lived almost at the bottom of the hill. So it was downhill skis, but cross-country. So I had to carry my skis uphill to go downhill. It was hard work, but it was but worth it. But it was downhill skis. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was downhill skis. Because I cross-country skied quite a bit, too, and especially over on the east side of the state, over in Tawas. Yeah, there was a beautiful trail over there. Yeah. But here in the Huron National Forest, and we used to go for this midnight. Um, it was it was called a moonlight ski once a month during the full moon. I bet that was fabulous, beautiful. And they and, and they would set up a bonfire, or whatever. And it was you know it's open to the general public because it's state land. But going on there, and then I remember one time you and I went downhill skiing at Nubs Knob up in Harbor, yeah, Springs area. And that didn't last very long because you and me have two totally different skiing styles. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was a figure skater, so my thing about skiing is I want to just enjoy it, go out early before the kids get there, be there when they open at 8 a.m., and go down the hill and go left and then around to the right and then left and right and just gently enjoy skiing down the hill. And I remember you were behind me and it was like, I think I was making my first turn to the left. And all of a sudden I looked over my right hand shoulder, my right shoulder. And it's like, whoosh, you went right down past me. I was so mad. I was like, why isn't he staying behind me? Like, isn't that like, I always saw that on the TV shows. Like you'd see a guy and a girl skiing together and the guy would be skiing behind the girl and they'd be like following each other and going each other's ski path. No, not my husband. He's like, 
<laughs> and we got to the bottom of the hill. And I'm like, what the heck was that? And you're like, what? I'm waiting for you. And I'm like, waiting for me? Why didn't you ski with me? So I got mad. And that was the last time we skied together. <laughs> if you could call that... If you could call that skiing together. It really wasn't. I was so mad. For a so few mad. seconds, perhaps. I know. I was like, okay, this is useless. Because why be out here if we're not going to be out there together? Well, the uh, experience of skiing is quite different for different people. And there was a mid-winter managers meeting up at Schuss Mountain. And I got invited because I was a manager and had... <laughs> Had most of the people who went up didn't ski, but I skied and the division manager skied and a few others did. And on the we, we had to take a day off on vacation for this conference because the first half of the day was going to be skiing and the last half of the second day was going to be skiing with meeting in between. And on the night in between, was a dinner, a conference, drinks, cards, whatever people wanted to play games. And the division manager on the second day made note of my skiing habits. He said, um, I've never seen anybody ski in this particular style. I think I would call it kamikaze. Because <laughs> you literally go straight down the hill like... Well, on the same hill, the last time I went skiing, I had been there with family and having a good time, but everybody was ready to go, and I begged for permission to go one last time. And they all said, we'll wait down here at the base of the hill. I said, well, I'm going down this one over here. It's a four diamond, and I'm going to go down. It'll be my last run of the day. Well, that was a great plan, and they were all waiting down at the bottom of the hill for me, standing outside the lodge, and I hit a mogul that I just hit wrong at the top, and I slid and bounced all the way down <laughs> over all these bumps. So that was my last run of the day, and it was my last run That's until so Joe and I and you went up at uh, Nubstop. Nub oh, my gosh. I remember one time when I was in, um, I think I was in high school, I was in the French club, and one of our trips was to go to Quebec City. And in the middle of winter in February, we went for the ice festival, which was unbelievable. It was amazing because they made like ice castles and ice buildings and ice bars. And I mean, unbelievable. If you can just imagine the city of Quebec, it's so quaint and so cute. And then you've got these massive ice sculptures. It was just, it was not, not like anything I have seen since either. That was awesome. Yes. I mean, even the one here in Plymouth that they used to be international was great. But now that Plymouth isn't international anymore, it's horrible. But I mean, the one up in Quebec, it was just so amazing, if you can imagine. I was in the 10th grade. But we also went skiing. And I had never skied yet at that point. So I took one lesson up there. And of course, you you know, you spend, what, an hour with the instructor? And then they kind of put you on your own. And I was, you know, going down one side, but I went to turn my skis. And I ended up like right next to me was a whole bunch of huge moguls, like six and eight foot moguls, I mean, massive. 
And I ended up with my skis over there. And then I just had to gingerly like, you know how you can like, you can kind of ski around the moguls. That's how I ended up getting down the hill. But I was like, oh my God. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, yeah, but instead of slide down, (laughs) unbelievably slow. I had to go super slow. Yeah, well, that's the right way to approach it. If you're on a hill, you don't like the grade. You just do your best to go from side to side and slow it down and safely work your way down. I still credit ice skating, and I think that has something to do with it because to know where the blades are on the ice skates is kind of similar with skis. The left and right sides have blades and if you can dig in, then you're going to make it okay. But yeah, fun times done, Bo. It is. I, I have very fond memories of snowboarding and skiing with Joe and Ethan and Mm -hmm. Madeline and Robert taking lessons with a bunch of them. I remember the first time that the kids had um, ski lessons and the first thing the instructor taught them was how to, you know, do pizza with their skis facing each other. And the main, the first thing they had to learn was how to stop. That always impressed me, you know, um, how good the instructors were up there with the kids. So up at Nub Snob. And then they had, had to teach an old skier, a kamikaze skier, how to snowboard. Oh, yeah, because you wanted to learn how to snowboard. That was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. and It was a, great that you wanted to try it. Well, it was the kids. You know, it was all about the kids. Yeah, it was cool. But, you know, what did you learn, though? Because well, you didn't I learned care that for it's, it. Yeah, I learned that it's quite different method of controlling the downward descent and cutting in and as uh, we grew up in skiing country and had a hill to play on, I did learn to surf, if you will, snow surf with a toboggan. And I could pull up the front end and basically ride and cut in on the back corners. But, you know, and that was a way that I had figured out I could go down on a board. And it was a lot of fun. Now, I think my brothers managed to do that on a sled with steel runners. Mm. I never got quite that bold. but That's something else you brought up was tobogganing. That's a fun thing to do. I know it's oh, in yeah. the sledding family, but yeah. there's something special about a toboggan. And when you get cramped, you know, who's going to be in front with their legs underneath, and then who sits behind, and then your legs go around, and then you then you have to hold everybody's legs in by putting your arms around and grabbing onto the rope yeah. and, you know... Well, I had um, ample hills to go to, and you had to walk up the big ones. You didn't have a toe. No. And uh, one day I realized that the steepness of our hill just wasn't enough to thrill me anymore. And I looked across the road all winter long at this great big hill, and I said, I'm going to tow the toboggan over there. They had cattle and sheep and goats at one time. But um, I said their animals are put away for the winter. I'm going to go try that really steep, really big hill. So I towed the toboggan over there and hiked my way all the way up to the top where the woods began. And I laid down on that toboggan. And oh my gosh, was that thrilling until I hit a bump. Oh no. And I went airborne, and of course, I was laying down for speed, 
And so the curl of the toboggan hit me right there on the nose, broke my glasses. Um, it might have broken my nose because my nose was sore for a month at well, least. Well, your nose looks perfectly straight to me. I oh, don't good. think well, it, it looks was a like clean it's been break. broken. And then do you have a scar or anything? I don't even see a scar. I don't think I had it. I don't think it drew blood, but my nose was sore. Mm. Busted my glasses. Of course, I had the proverbial white um, medical tape hold the corners together <laughs> till I could get some new ones. <laughs> on your horn rim glasses. On my horn rim glasses. Oh my God, that's so funny. I'm sure I look like a total nerd. If I didn't before, I definitely did then. I think you still do, but it's cute now. You know what I mean? Like when you're older, I think nerd is cute. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I'll take advantage of that after we finish the broadcast. <laughs> you're so funny, Denpo. Well, I think we just have to love every season we have, even winter. It's just so beautiful when the sun shines and the snow and the blue skies. And there's just nothing beats that. Nothing beats, of course, we've been up to the UP where there's huge amounts of snow. They've already had like over 150 inches so yeah. far up in the Keweenaw Peninsula. And it's just so beautiful. It's just, I can't get enough of, I just love winter. So I'm, <laughs> I'm glad that we live where we live and that we get a chance to go out and enjoy it. Yeah, one of these days we've got to go snowshoeing. Yes, I want to try that. Okay. For sure. i got to get some snowshoes. I've got some in the well, garage. I some of my own, honey. Well, we'll get you some then. Yeah, we'll get them at REI or something like that. Get a, just We could do like drive up. Like we can get, that's so cool how we can just like order stuff online and either drive up and get it or have it delivered to the house. Like, we don't have to go anywhere. It's, like, so fabulous. I'm loving it. I'll probably never go shopping again, like, in person. I'm just, like, so into this online thing. Well, if you want to, get yourself a pair of snowshoes, and we'll go up to Jay's Ranch, and we can drive the car right to the edge of the woods and the trails and just get strapped in and go out and have a good time. That sounds fun. Now, my question is... And I'm good with that. That sounds like fun. But what kind of boots do I need for snowshoeing? Well, I've I got a, a special type of boot. I've got a pair of LL beans here. The harnesses differ from type to type. But the harnesses that I have on my snowshoes allow me to wear my LL bean winter boots. Mm. All right. We'll have to check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a date, Denbo. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. All right. Well, darling, let's uh let's be time for bed, I think. It's, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I'm, it's like after 11:30. It's uh it's, oh, it's it's after midnight. Oh, <laughs> it's I late. thought this was always it's, on a Sunday. It's always on a Sunday, but it just became Monday. Okay. Well, I love you no matter what day it is. I love you every day and we'll talk again soon. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Good night. Good night.